Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Frozen Four Podcast. Yes, it is Luke, your host. I am back, finally, here, ready to record. And I got my three guys with me, Josh, Steve, and Stack. Josh, how you been? How you doing? How you living? It's been a while. Um, I've been pretty good. I've just been working a lot. I've been doing a lot of fill-in stuff at work, whether it's at WBEN or WGR. And I've had a lot of weeks where it's been 14 days of work, one day off or something like that. Um, So time has kind of blurred together. And it just occurred to me that we haven't done this in like a month. Um, So yeah, that's good. Um, birthday was great. That was a couple, or that was last week. Got to celebrate with you guys at the Sabres game. Um, other than that, not too bad, not too bad. Just kind of working a lot, looking forward to the summer when I'm going to have some vacation time. What about you, Stack? No, nothing too crazy new with me lately. Just, you know, seems like it's sort of the same boat as you just all work, no play. Um, either working or working out, it seems like, the last couple of weeks. Um, but, yeah, the, those Sabres games were fun. Um, I haven't I haven't been to a game in – I mean, obviously, before the Eichel game, I hadn't been to a game in a long time, and that was a hell of a game. But even this game between, you know, two teams, the, the Sabres and Flyers, that would have been – seemed to have been pretty boring from the jump. Uh, it was actually quite entertaining. As obviously you guys all know, I'm a Leafs fan. Uh, so as an outsider, kind of, it was it was a great game to watch that typically normally would have been extremely boring. And we'll share later, we got to meet some pretty cool people again. So I'll leave it at that. Steve, what about you? Well, it is now 421. So we're past the 415 tax deadline. So my life just got a lot more boring in the best way possible. So I'm no longer working, you know, 50 to 60 hour weeks and I am enjoying every minute of it. Uh, Other than that, you know, I haven't had much time to do anything other than watch hockey, do work and sleep occasionally. So, Luke, how have you been? Oh, oh, it's been a wild, wild past month, month and a half for myself, and it has, and it is not ending yet. Uh, as you guys listening know, I was away for a while doing army things, um, and then I got back. And the reason we couldn't record is because yes, they were busy, but I was also doing more army things that I did not have time to record. So now I'm here. We can record. I'm gone for another 10 days coming up, but it's fine. We're living. This is a podcast that we talk about hockey. So we're going to get into that. That's where I want to go with this because there is a big, big race out West as we are hitting the end of the season. And um, I don't know if it's you guys, but it's kind of funny. The team that most likely will miss the playoffs. Now, we've talked about this, Luke. You never say it out loud. You're going to jinx it. To be fair. I'm I'm convinced that Vegas is going to make the playoffs. And until I see that they actually miss, I will keep saying they're going to make the playoffs. Oh, yes, most definitely. Um, So there's a couple ways this could happen. And it's because I don't trust either of the two teams. It's L.A. could falter. 
because they are the third position in the West or in the Pacific division or Dallas could falter because they're the second, uh, second wild card spot. Both are three points ahead of Vegas. LA does not have a game in hand and actually, uh, LA's five points up on Vegas, but doesn't have a game in hand. Am I right on that? Or am I outdated by a day? LA, no, they're only three points ahead. And no, it's Dallas three, it's three points. points. Okay. You know, Vegas won, is because Vegas won last night against the uh, Caps in overtime. That, yeah, that that's what I thought. And then uh, Dallas is it has the same amount of points, but one game in hand, which is tonight versus Calgary, which I am not optimistic they're going to win that after they pissed one away last night against Edmonton. So I feel like either of those teams are going to blow it. But what's funny is Vancouver, out of nowhere, is coming to the picture. Oh, yeah. Vancouver is only two points behind Vegas, and they have a game in hand on them. Yeah, they started yesterday tied with them. I don't know how – because the NHL app took away the regulation and overtime wins column, which is annoying because that's the tiebreaker. So I would like to know the tiebreaker. Wouldn't you? I just think it's I, – I have one protest to the standings, and it's always been just go back to the one through eight format, please. It is so much more simple, and it would make for so much more interesting playoff uh, matchups even this year. Like, just go back to the regular old, good old-fashioned one that doesn't make us do math. And, and, and you remember those things in school we used to have to do where you, you had the two columns next to each other? And you had to like draw the lines connecting the similar items. That's what the playoff setup reminds me of right now. You're all giving me very confused looks. So I think we've had very different experiences in school. No, I remember. It's just, that's the analogy you want to go to. Sure. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. That's, that's kind of where I'm, I'm at with that. I don't know. It, it, it kind of reminds me of that. Cause you're like looking at all these different, like you're looking at the top three in the Pacific, the top three in the central, and then these two random teams below. And you're like, okay, well, the first team in the Pacific is better than the first team in the central. And the second team in the Pacific is better than the first team in the central. So it really goes one, two, three. And, and I hate it because you can't just look at it and go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, or seven, eight. So that's what makes me mad about it. That's all I have to say. Not, that's not all. Lie. It, it is a fuster clock. And I would very much enjoy going back to one versus eight. Cause then you do get some fun matchups. And I mean, the whole point of going to the division based playoff system was to try and build some rivalries but the problem with that is players move teams so often now that you don't really get that too often. Like, yeah, you got Crosby Ovechkin, but I mean, they both have a cup. Like they still, it's still fun games to watch, but it's not like they're trying to kill each other. This isn't like Colorado versus Detroit back in the day where Claude Lemieux was either chopping someone's head off or flopping to draw a call. Like this, it's not the same or like, uh, I I don't know that, that, that's my go-to rivalry back in the day. Toronto probably had one with what Montreal. I mean, Toronto, Uh, Montreal, Toronto, Ottawa, 
because Toronto, 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 anyone really. Boston, Boston, Montreal was more of the rivalry. For the longest time, like we talked about, like obviously everyone knows, like oh, Boston's Toronto's kryptonite. There was the longest time that was Toronto to Ottawa, where it was every year it was like, oh fuck, we got to play these guys again because every year the Leafs would win. And it would be close until the last couple of games. But well, I mean, the fun. last time the Leafs won the won a playoff round, which was what twenty years ago, eighteen. They beat they beat the Senators. So there you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so your exactly. drought just graduated from high school. Your drought just became legal. Mm, maybe. Okay, Luke. I'm gonna love <laughs> that. Pass. We're gonna pretend that didn't happen. We're gonna pretend that <laughs> yeah. didn't happen. Have fun at the army for the next ten days. Lee. <laughs> I'm gonna but anyways, what do, anyway. you, what do you guys think? I, I've I've stated that I think Vegas is gonna make it out of the four teams that are basically on the bubble of LA, Dallas, uh, Vegas, and Vancouver. Who who do you think's in? Who do you think's out? I'm knocking on wood right now. Vegas will not make the playoffs, and the Sabres will before Jack Eichel does. I've knocked on wood. Well, I, I is, think is I think they both both teams would make it next year. I think our viewers heard could. wood knocking. I hope Josh, they did. Josh, are you planning to run for office because you completely dodged my question? <laughs> Come on, <laughs> screw uh, you! That was funny. We're gonna circle back to that one. Uh, see, you here's, son of a bitch. <laughs> here's the here's the thing. I, I mean, as everyone knows, I had Vegas winning their division and second in conference pretty much. Uh, this was beginning of year. I know, I know. When they were supposed now to, like, it's, now it's a when they were supposed to be, thing. like, a 115-point team. Before they suffered the condition known as cripple-itis. Yes. Michael-itis, um, some might say. halfway through the year, curly-headed fuck-itis. Cap-hell-itis. I like that one better, but I think Vegas easily can make the playoffs, but it's going to come down to if Dallas and LA actually gets their shit figured out long enough to hold on to that playoff spot. But in the end, I think LA falls and Vegas moves into a playoff spot. Do any of those teams play each other before the end of the season? I think Vancouver and Vegas have at least one more game. Let us find out. That's going to be a tight game. That is going to be – you want rivalries. That's going to be an intense pl- hockey game, depending on the standings. I, I think Dallas falls out, and either one of Vegas or Vancouver fills that spot. I hope, personally, it's Vancouver. L.A. and Vancouver play each other next Thursday. Oof. And that that's the only matchup I see. I mean, down the stretch, personally, I think Vancouver's been a better team than Vegas. Since acquiring Bruce Boudreaux, they've been above 600 hockey, above 650 hockey. And that's, that's. I mean, sure, they've been losing to shit teams. I mean, they lost to fucking Chicago the other night. Who loses hey. to Chicago? Hey, all I'm saying um, is no, Tuesday. Um, but, but I think that's a better team down the stretch vegas you know 
I've heard this win. I've heard this one way too much, but uh, good luck next year. Yeah. Uh, so next Tuesday, Vegas plays Dallas yeah, in that's... Dallas. And then next thir- next Thursday, like I said, is LA at Vancouver. So I think the winner of Vegas, Dallas, and the winner of LA, Vancouver is probably going to settle it. So any think, thought? Any thought on if Nashville falls out? Because Nashville's also nah. just ahead of Vegas, or just ahead finished. of Dallas. So no, they didn't. They did the not. other. The other big thing to look at with um, the Vegas, Vancouver, Dallas situation is on the 29th, uh, Vegas has to take on St. Louis, who's already clinched playoff spot. Dallas taking on Anaheim and Vancouver's taking on Edmonton. So that last game, which I'm pretty sure that's the last game of the season for every team, could have major impacts on who goes and who doesn't from the West. Yeah, absolutely. And w- what's fun about it is the wild, wild West. So the East has been set in stone, I think, since like – our third or fourth That'd episode, <laughs> I started. I started introducing the Eastern Conference as the one with eight teams that matter and eight teams that don't, and that hasn't changed all year. So they've just been shifting positions. So the West is an absolute gong show, and guess what? Those are the best ones to watch. Well, I mean, the East is very good too. They're just all very good and all very bad the west is very like evenly distributed it's there's there's a lot of uh parody in the west this year and not so much the east which i think that we'll talk about more later that is having a great finish to the year had a really 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 bad beginning slash middle of the season and that's why they're nowhere near a playoff spot but yeah, but it, it honestly, it looks starts... like the East. The East is going to stay like this for years to come, probably. I mean, you look at the talent I and disagree. the age of the talent. I, I, also, I also disagree. I don't know. I I, I think you're going to see like a flip. You're going to see, obviously, I th- I think there's still going to be eight really good teams and eight teams that don't matter. It's mm. just there's going to be a flip flop. So, like, the Bostons of the world, the Washingtons of the world, they're going to go down, and the guys like New Jersey, Buffalo, um, Detroit, they're going to move up and take the spot of the old teams. I, that's just I think how you're, I think. I think you're right, but I think there's going to be even more from the bottom that come up to fight for the top. Yeah, And yeah, that's, I, how, I and that's you're... how you're going to see the flip. There's going to be, like, 12 teams fighting instead of eight. I which think you're not funny. how quickly teams go from good to bad, which mm-hmm. in the NHL, you don't, you don't see that as often as unless you're Montreal. Really bad I was going to, I was going to say, I told you guys, no, we know, we win. know, we know, right. The writing on the wall was there. Yeah. And like they like, were a flawed team that was on a great run with a phenomenal goalie. You take away that goalie, you take away a couple of key pieces. They try to add them back, but it's not the same. And Shea Weber fucked off. Yeah, well, he's like, he also suffered from the terrifying disease known as cripple-itis. I was going to say old, but yes. 
yeah. To they Josh's usually go point, though, there, there are a couple teams here I could see, you know, being in the mix. Like the Islanders, they're above 500, and they were terrible that first 20 games. They couldn't play a game at home. Columbus, if they pick up some people in the offseason, they could be all right. They're just below 500. Detroit needs a goalie. Buffalo, everyone knows, is on the up. Um, Ottawa, I mean, <laughs> they're supposed to be good. Um, we have been saying that for a couple of years now, though. Um, what Jersey, is this? We they, need some they have more. Uh, they have more of the pieces in place now, but they're still just like that one or two steps. Just can't hit that bar. And same I mean, with, other than honestly, I think Montreal. I think Montreal would be way better if they can get a solid center. Yeah, to Josh's point, there's a couple teams in here. Like, I can see some flipping out, but I think it'll be more of a more of a 10 to 12 horse race next year because some teams had some pretty extenuating circumstances like the Islanders who one had like two massive COVID outbreaks and couldn't play in their home arena for two months, basically. Um, Columbus has been unlucky. Patrick Lyon, they got injured and they just don't really have any big names. They've got a lot of young guys, but they need some more talent on that roster. Detroit needs a goalie. Buffalo needs a goalie. And they're, but both of those teams are on the up. Ottawa's been a team that we've, we've, I've said is supposed to be good. If they're like Buffalo, if they played every game how they play the Leafs, they'd be sick. Um, uh, New Jersey, too, they kind of need a goalie and a couple other players. And Dougie Hamilton looks awful. Um, Montreal, I think, will be better. They get more of the young guns in, and Jake Allen plays a whole year, um, leaving it to Sam Montembeau, the Hamburglar, and whoever else they could fucking pick up off waivers this year, along with them losing Shea Weber, uh, an unhealthy carry price, and trading Tyler to Foley. It just hasn't been good for Montreal. And Phil Deneau losing Phil. Um, yeah. It'll it'll – I feel like it'll even out a little bit next year. This this year is just kind of insane for scoring and for the East, especially. Yeah, it, it's it's very rare that you see something like this because hockey's known for its parity, and this is the first time it's kind of looked like basketball where only the top teams matter. Uh, but that's only in the East. I, I think this is an isolated incident long term. Next year, like you said, there are a lot of teams that are going to be close. I think Columbus is headed for like eternal purgatory because they have some good pieces coming, but nothing that's out of this world. What they need, what the, their only hope is hitting on those draft picks they got from the Seth Jones trade. Otherwise they're going to remain in purgatory. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I see Columbus being, a step above where Buffalo has been, but always being on that outside looking in, in the playoff picture. I think their problem is defense really. I mean, it's just, I think it's consistency across the board. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I was going to say consistency on defense, but I guess you could, yeah, you could say their goaltending, their offense, they have games where they put up seven, they have games where they put up one. I mean, right. But that could yeah. also be the injuries to guys like 
like Patrick Laine. Um, not to mention that they had Jean-Francois Barube play a lot this year. So that's fun. I mean, he played five games. He did okay, but like this guy hadn't played in the NHL since 2017, 2018. And yeah, I, it's just kind of a rough year for them whether it's injuries or inconsistencies, but if they get their shit right, then I think they're a pretty, pretty good team. They honestly could be like Islanders light if they play that way, but they got to get their shit right first. Yeah. So as we've clearly transitioned to talking about the East, let's talk about the teams that are actually going to make the playoffs in the East, starting with, this uh, team from Florida that has had trouble selling out their arena in past years, that is no longer an issue because the Florida Panthers are an absolute wagon. I mean, the arena, Panthers? Who, the arena who, who is they? still ass, but. <laughs> are we ones to talk? We enjoyed our time at KeyBank. Yeah. Okay, to be fair, when though, they I hate. Out, it's not I, in a wind tunnel. I hate where they have their camera placement at that arena so much it's like lowered into florida arena yeah so they don't show the rest of the upper bowl being empty for the last 20 years of existence but it looks so bad you know, honestly i i forget who i was watching it might have been tampa bay i i forget who but the camera angle was like an extra section up and it drove me nuts it's like I feel like I'm in the nosebleeds. What the hell? Well, have you ever watched an Edmonton game? Their camera's on the other side of the ice. You're looking uh, at the penalty boxes and stuff. It's weird. 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 All right, let, let's let's start a movie. Right. Standardize the camera placement. <laughs> no individuality. So, so Florida, though. Yes. Absolute wagon. I put money on them to win the President's Trophy back in January. It's looking great right now. Um, put money on them to win the cup and win the East too. So that's also looking really good. Um, but former Sabres going to other teams, like you were saying before we started, Steve, that is just like your team will be good next year unless your name's Jack Eichel. I mean, look at Ryan O'Reilly. Look at probably Sabres of, Sabres of days past. I mean, even when Miller went to St. Louis, St. Louis was really good for a minute and they went to the playoffs. But But it's just... Sam Reinhart and and Alexander Barkov, Anton Lundell has had an absolutely amazing breakout season. Um, if Bobrovsky and Knight are on, that is the best goaltending tandem in the world. So Florida's really got a shot to just go in and mess everybody up. Like they look like the team to win it. They're they're I think they're the cup favorites, even over Colorado. I, w- I would agree with that. They have the most, not only the most talented roster, but they are deepest at every position compared to other teams. Maybe Nashville has a better decor overall, especially yeah, with gonna... Roman Yossi being absolutely insane. I was but saying, they are I the give... to compete. Yeah, Florida. Florida's defense is probably their "quote unquote" weakest part of their team. Well, if Ekblad wasn't hurt. It would look better. All the time. But, yes. Yeah. But Ekblad, uh, I saw, was at the, their morning skate, I think, yesterday. So he's probably gearing up for the playoffs. 
You got guys like Brandon Montour actually playing the way they're designed to play. The reason why he wasn't good in Buffalo is because Ralph Kruger is one of the worst coaches of all time. He's a football coach. I don't mean soccer. I mean football, like North American football, the one we actually care about in this country, where he has his system and he's going to force it onto his players versus what you would rather have from an NHL coach. Whereas you have this group of talented players and you're trying to maximize their positive attributes. And that's what he did with Montour. He made him play a style he wasn't going to be good at. You need Same to with make literally. him play this wide open end to end, fly the zone, drive the net kind of style, like wide open defensive style. Whereas in Buffalo, he was like, all right, you have to play my principles. Well, it doesn't work. So now he's a stud over in Florida because they play that wide open style. Well, and you throw Ekblad in the mix and they're going to have a really good team. It's also really easy to defend when you're always attacking. Well, and speaking of just kind of letting them play in a sense and figure out their style and having these players find themselves, Carter Verhage has over 50 points. Anthony Duclair has over 50 points. Their third Carter Verhage. <laughs> their third ben line has 46. Their third line for a while was Sam Reinhardt, Carter Verhage and Anton Lindell. Like that's their that third, was their third yeah, and that's, that's their, their third, third line. line. Not their first, not their second, their third. Like this is honestly I could you, you could probably compare these guys to Tampa of 2 years ago where they have just a star-studded lineup of guys that you've never heard of. Guys that are coming out of the woodwork, playing absolutely phenomenally, like Yanni Gord was, like Anthony Sorelli was, like Alex Killorn. Like, all these guys have just been killing it for Florida. Not those guys, but you know what I mean. Guys that have never done anything before are just killing it all of a sudden for Florida. I hate to be a poopy pants they remind me of Tampa from three years ago. The team that got oh, swept yeah. by Columbus in round one after being yeah, unstoppable that, all season. That's, that's what I meant. Not <clears> two, <throat> I'm sorry. Not two years ago. Uh, well, so same thing. Um, well, technically, really, same team. Just a couple minor tweaks. Um, I, they remind me too much of the Leafs of years past. All skill. I mean, I remember when the Leafs third line was something it was like Patrick Marlowe, Nazem Kadri, and Connor Brown, something stupid. Like that's that's a you know, those are second line players on almost any team except for Marlowe, who's obviously retired. Um the depth is nothing if you can't get a save and they can't get a save. Not that Toronto can. This isn't a Toronto's better argument because, I mean, everyone knows I'm as skeptical as everyone else when it comes to them in the playoffs. But Spencer Knights, their only saving grace. I don't think Bob's been good at all, really. He's got – obviously, he has his games, but they're against bad teams. Sort of the same thing with Knight, but it seems like he's been a little better, at least lately. Um, but – it's sort of been the track all year. It's, oh, Florida's sick in the East. Colorado's sick in the West. I have more faith in Colorado going farther than Florida. Purely, one, because of the competition that Colorado's going to have to play versus Tampa's. 
or uh, versus Florida's, pardon me. Um, but also just because, I mean, one, they're probably not going to even have their number one defenseman for the first round. They're not going to have Aaron Eckblatt because he's still hurt. Um, Stack, so. I, I hate I hate to be a poopy pants, as you just said, but Bobrovsky's record this year in 50 games is 37, 6, and 3. What are How about his individual stats? stats? Because 265, two, six, and a nine one two, with three That's shutouts. Pretty That's average. average. It's, it's below average, I would say. All right. Average well, is, his 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 win, average. His win loss is very deceiving, but it it well, looks very good on paper. Yeah, I mean, I saw a stat the other day when the Leafs get point nine hundred save percentage goaltending. They're something 34, three and one or something. Yeah, something, yeah. something wild. Literally like that. getting a save is great, but in the playoffs, it's you have to make the saves then. It's not it, your numbers don't matter all year until you get to Yeah, I got I got the tweet right here. You sent it. They're 34, three and one when they get 0.900 goaltending. Yeah. So and that's I mean, once one goal every 10 shots. Yeah. Right. So to, to kind of put a bow on this, I have a theory about Florida. And I really like what Stack said about them being a lot like Tampa Bay of three years ago because they have all this talent, all this depth, but they haven't proved it yet. So my theory is if they make it out of the first round, the momentum in that room is going to carry them through and they're going to win the cup. If they lose in that first round, they will be back next year. But as far as this year, everything rides on that first series. And if, uh, obviously, if they go down, they're not winning. But I think if they win that, they're going all the way. Because I Wait, think so do you think, well, they'll be, they'll be facing Boston. Boston, Boston yeah, so or Washington. Boston, right? Or Tampa, because Tampa and Tampa Boston does only have one difference. Yeah, it does only have one point on Boston right now. Yes, but I think if Boston knocks Tampa down, I don't think Washington's going to catch Tampa, so they'd be in the second wild card spot. Therefore, it would be Florida, Washington, and I think they would absolutely pump Washington, whose weakness weakness is also defense and goaltending. So, Steve, do you think that this that they could be like Tampa of a few years ago? They got killed by Columbus. Say, say they, say they they lose in the first round do you think they'll come back the next year with a vengeance and go all the way kind of like what tampa absolutely. did absolutely but i think this is their year every team has their time i think this is their time yeah i think the cap situation gets a little murky for them next year too is there are a couple guys they can't really afford to keep around say uh ben Sherratt. i mean I don't know how they how, how the hell they would sign Claude Giroux to a cheap deal. I mean, maybe they could because he gone. wanted he wanted to go to to Florida in the first place, but maybe he you know signs a short term deal with a team just to you know kind of pull a Corey Perry or Pat Maroon thing, just go on a couple runs. Not that he's not as not that he's as good as those guys. He's way better. But why are the he's why are the Panthers the tail end of his career? Why so, are they paying Max Domi? When did that happen? Uh, they on their team. Yeah, they no. He's on Carolina. Did they Carolina? like retain? Oh, 
Did they retain salary at yes. some point? Yeah, they ha- they had trade, trade from, from oh. Columbus. They traded him to Florida, then to Carolina, technically. Oh, I didn't know that. To make the money work, yeah. I honestly forgot Domi was on Carolina, not going to lie. Because they've got like $8 million off the books at the trade deadline from Aaron Eckblad getting hurt. So. Yeah, they, they're, they're retaining 1.3 for one year, so they'll get a little bit of that back. Speaking of getting it back, um, I do want to shift over to a goalie with similar numbers to Sergei Bobrovsky, and that is Jack Campbell. So lately, Jack Campbell just got back from injury. They've been doing pretty well with him back. His numbers, again, the whole story this season is, at least if you follow the Leafs in any capacity, you know that they just need a fucking save. And for the beginning part of the season, those saves were coming from Jack Campbell. But then he got ran by Marcus Foligno against the Minnesota Wild earlier in the year, which got no suspension or not even a call on the play. Um, And he got hurt that game. As most goalies tried to do, they tried to play hurt. He played hurt and played like shit while he was hurt. So they sat him out for a couple weeks to a month. He's come back. He's looked steady. Granted, the teams he has been playing haven't been amazing, but he's making progress. His numbers this season are as follows. 47 games, 30 wins, 9 losses, 5 overtime losses, a 2.69, nice, goals against, and a 3 or 9.13 save percentage. Not bad, not great. He's got 4 wins since returning. Well, 4 wins and 1 pull against Florida. Um, and they're against Dallas, Washington, the Islanders, and Philly. Not amazing numbers against Dallas. He had an 8-3-3, but Dallas only put up 18 shots. Against Washington, he had a 8-80, but again, it's Washington. You know they're going to score. Islanders, 9-3-1, and Philly, a 9-4-9. So his confidence is growing seems like hopefully those numbers can stay up. But the, there's a bigger story here than just Jack Campbell returning. And I think it's GMKD, that is general manager Kyle Dubas, pulling off, I think, the deal of the deadline that looks the greatest right now, maybe besides Marc-Andre Fleury to Minnesota. And that's getting Mark Giordano and Colin Blackwell basically for two second round picks. Did With you Mark see Giordano in the lineup? They are 12, one, and one. Did you see that crazy stat the other night when it was Spezza fed or Simmons fed Spezza fed Giordano, Giordano. and then back to Spezza? Right. The, the three of them, their age combines to 109 years old. And apparently, according to Chris Johnston, that is the oldest combined yep. goal this season. I believe combined age of 109 years. I believe it became the oldest, if not one of the oldest in NHL history. Yep. So I want to say one of the most in hockey. That's probably one of the most in hockey history. I got beer leagues that don't have that much of an age striation. (laughs) Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure before it was a mixture of like uh, Maroon Perry and someone that had like a 107. Yeah, they were like 107. Yeah. Those old farts. Speaking of Tampa, yeah. uh, Toronto well, plays well, them tonight. So yeah, that, that'll be fun. 
Uh, they're the underdog. I'm very tempted to put a little money on it. However, yeah, me too. I, I think your point about Giordano was spot on. So, and I think the biggest impact he's been having, and I've been watching a few games, is on Lilgren. Yeah. So you got to imagine. I'm sure I'm butchering his name, but Timmy Timmy Lilgren, he's probably looked up to Giordano his whole career. Like his whole life, like Giordano's been in the league that long and he plays the same kind of style. So to have someone like that with that age, throw it into the locker room, because as good as Morgan Riley is, he's not that guy. It's mm-hmm. as good as Jake Muzzin is. He can only do so much. He's, he's a good player, but right it's now. not like he's, he's a 40 year old, 15, 16 year vet who's been like, yeah, been there, done that, won the Norris like three years ago. Like as much of a corpse as I think he is, <laughs> I think the impact in the locker room makes up for his declining skill set. But he's got enough left in the tank where he's still productive, and yeah. uh, th- and you can really see it in Toronto because before he got there, and they're still like this, but it's less so. They're a Jekyll and Hyde team, so I think th- they're not soft in the sense where like, you know, they get bodied, they're going to go into a shell. I think they're mentally soft. They get down a couple, they get let in a soft goal and they lose the confidence and swagger that fuels their offense. Whereas they get one, they're going to get five because now they're feeling it and they're all over you. Well, I think they have a guy to help them kind of smooth out those highs and lows is really what, I mean, what they're looking for from Nick Felino last year, but never got. I think they've got in Giordano. I think that that mental softness that you were talking about, that comes from just the the pressure of an 18-year, you know, playoff series win drought. And I'm not trying to, you know, poke fun at them. I, I always do, but not here. But if you put yourself in the shoes of Mitch Marner, who's from Toronto, correct? That, or he's from like the area. It's like Markham or something. It's a Toronto suburb. So, but still, think of the pressure on just him where you're an 80-point scorer in the regular season. You can't do it in the playoffs. Like, that's a lot of pressure. And a guy like Giordano, even though he's not on defense, he's going to help him figure that out. He's a veteran. He's been there before, and he's going to help him figure that out. Same with guys like Matthews and, and, well, Nick Robertson's not really up this year, but Michael Bunting even, like, these guys have had so much weight on them because they're in the hockey mecca of the NHL and they've been the laughing stock in the playoffs the, the past few years. So it's got a weigh on them a lot. And I think that they just need to have a guy like Giordano to help them figure that out. And honestly, I could see them making it out of the first round this year. I'm sorry, Stack. I don't mean to say that. I don't want to jinx you, but I really could see it. It looks they look different. They they Knock just have a different wood. feeling. You're not the only one who thinks that. Uh, apparently, Charles Barkley said on the NBA on TNT broadcast last night that he thinks the Leafs are gonna. I think he said it during the Raptors game. Who the Raptors are just getting pumped by Philly right now. It's kind of sad, but I mean they're they're flopping all over the place. I don't follow enough. I just love hating on Philly. Um, anyways. To your end, yeah, I think Giordano definitely helps on and off the ice. But, I mean, even in the locker room, 
you've seen re- I've seen recently they in their press conferences and stuff and you know they're getting asked Spets is getting asked like what's different like how is this team different than last year's and they they've all been saying it's a more mature team they've responded to pressure better they I mean again it's they literally just need a save and they're they're up there probably winning the president's trophy but they've responded to adversity they don't go out quiet anymore they don't they don't get pumped for six goals and lose six one anymore like I haven't seen him do that this year except for maybe in the beginning when they were awful but um games against the Sabres I mean Toronto and Florida are my favorite teams to bet on when they're down because they almost always at least make it close and then it hits the spread or they come back all the way and win it's phenomenal and for the over too (laughs) and the over and the over (laughs) But um, especially, yeah, especially with the Leafs, you can guarantee an over just because they're either going to let in three or they're going to score four or five. So it's almost like I've made a ton of money betting on overs just with the Leafs. Anyways, enough about betting. Maybe save that for later. Um, I think just having Giordano adds another captain to the room. He was captain of the Flames for a long time. Morgan Riley is basically captain of this team. Same with Tavares and same with Matthews. It was going to be Matthews before that whole thing about him mooning a police officer came out because some Montreal fanboy went in too deep. That would have never came out if that fan never went into it. But not that it's a bad, not that it's a good thing or a bad thing. It's obviously bad. But he was gonna, he was on track to be captain, and then. Leafs management saw that that got out and they were like, eh, maybe not the time. So honestly, there's a situation in the next couple of years, we might see Tavares handing off the captaincy to Matthews, like has been done in San Jose. I with, see either uh, that or Tavares not being forced out of the NHL, but an injury happening, God forbid. Like, you know who we mentioned earlier? Jake Muzzin. He looks rough have there's a video floating around on Leafs Twitter of him doing the like the injured guys were doing a, a solo skate before last game. It was Muzzin, Kasha, Matthews, and Sandine. Muzzin looks brutal. I look better in my men's league games. And that's after working a nine hour shift and working out before it. And I'm tired at those. He looks brutal. And it's a, it's a quality of life thing. Like there's a life outside of hockey and he just does not look comfortable playing hockey anymore. It's what was really his, sad. what was his injury? Oh, he's had like two concussions this that's, year. That's what I thought. Okay. Of other things. Uh, it's, it's been a rough go for Muzz. And I mean, but that's another guy they look to for leadership. He, he hits like a freight train. He's a voice in the locker room, but now they've got, multiple captains from multiple other teams they've got Tavares was captain in on the island and he's captain here Spezza I don't know if he was captain in in Ottawa because because of Offordson but he definitely I'm pretty sure he was still definitely was a leader yeah he definitely was a leader Riley not a captain but he's the longest tenured leaf he's obviously a voice Um, now Giordano I mean Simmons is a huge leader in Philly for all those years 
they've they've got leadership where it counts, and this is a more mature team heading down the stretch. Yep. So we're definitely interested in see how the Leafs do this year, as are uh, everyone in the league office, especially Gary Bettman, who would like to get paid. As we know, Toronto kind of funds most of the league, especially the poverty franchise currently uh, setting up to play at Arizona State. But before you see their second, did you see their season ticket prices? Yeah, unreal. Yeah, it's unreal. The cheapest is like five grand. It's ridiculous. But we're not here to talk about them because they're barely in the NHL anyway. So uh, to finish off, we want to finish on some good vibes, and the vibes are no better than for our own Buffalo Sabers. They have been playing very well basically 500 hockey for the last couple of months with a very tough schedule uh not getting great goaltending but they're getting very timely scoring tage thompson is closing in on 40 goals this year i wonder how many guys had that on their bingo card nope (laughs) and got the emergence of rasmus dalene and the entrance of owen power last year's first overall pick They've been playing very well, and if you want some deeper analysis, check out Josh and Luke, and sometimes me, on the Die by the Blade podcast over on Spotify. But for now, we'll just leave it as they're playing very well, we're enjoying hockey, and we are very optimistic for next for next year. Uh, you guys got some quick thoughts before we wrap up? I'm ready to be heard again. I am so, yes. so excited. This team gives me vibes of 2002-2003 Buffalo Sabres, where it's the year before the lockout, and there's a lot of young guys, some veterans mixed in. And then you look at the year of the lockout. You have Jason Pominville, um, Ryan Miller, Derek Roy, Thomas Vanek, guys like that tearing it up in the AHL, just destroying teams. That's what Jack Quinn and J.B.J. Paterka are doing right now in the AHL. Obviously, not it's not the same because there's not a lockout and there's not all these rookies playing the NHL or the AHL, but just the setup, it looks so similar. You have a really good goalie coming up. You have really good forwards coming up that have young blood and revitalized energy and all that good mumbo jumbo. And the coach is, they, they absolutely hit the nail on the head with, with Don Granado. It, I was talking to one of my buddies at work the other day. Ralph Kruger essentially hired his replacement. He hired someone just because he thought they'd be good. Don Granado is the absolute complete opposite of Ralph Kruger. And Kruger was so dumb. He didn't even realize it. Like he hired his right hand man who just eventually said, okay, thanks for the job. See ya buddy. Like that is sheer dumb luck. And that is the only thing I love Ralph Kruger for. But you know what's really funny? So we all know when uh, everyone got fired during COVID, uh, Chris Taylor was also fired. Clearly, Kruger saw his replacement in Taylor, who was doing great in Rochester, forced him out because he didn't want to be replaced. Oh. Little did he know his replacement was actually on his staff. So this is I some find, weird. I find like, that hilarious. This is some weird but, like uh, Star Wars shit where it's like <laughs> Like Palpatine's like pulling the strings behind the scenes and all that shit with the never mind. I I, I can kind of see it, but uh, may, maybe next week you'll fill out that. Uh, I'll I'll uh, write metaphor. it down. I'll have a whole uh, story. Stack, stack. You had something to contribute? Yeah. Um. 
all this talk on Buffalo just reminds me, I was talking with um, Nick and Matt, uh, Philo and McKeon, the guys who came on with us a couple weeks ago. Um, we have a little group chat called Goombas because we're all Italians and um, or Mediterraneans. I know Philo's Greek. Sorry, Philo, Philo, listen. I didn't mean to misrepresent you. But we were talking about the NHL system. Oh, who's the – they released a – they put up a post. It was like, who's the most uh, underrated player this year? And there was no Jesper Bratt. There was no, like – there are a couple other names, like no Jason Robertson, like a couple – even Trevor Moore out in L.A. He's doing sick this year. bunch of guys they missed who – everyone kind of knows already like they put Sam Reinhardt on the list it's like everyone knows Reinhardt's good he's a third liner <laughs> on Florida like he'd be a first or second liner everywhere everywhere else just because he's not talked about doesn't mean he's not doesn't mean he's underrated but one guy they distinctly left off the list that I brought up as a Leafs fan you're welcome is Tage Thompson like He's on a tear. He broke Eichel's goal record for oh, no, tied no, he tied it. He, 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 he needs one well, more. He needs I mean, one more got, goal in the next got, four games. He's got four games. Hope don't. I mean, if we're judging by the season track, <laughs> he, he should get at least one more. I'm knocking so. on wood and making my dog upset because you said that. Thank you. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, we, we are absolutely on the Tage Thompson train. Luke, do you have something? And I emphasize this quick to add. Honestly, the only, the only person that I'm really going to be focused on going into next year, now that I've seen what most players can do, can Matisse Samuelson stay at this level? He is 22 years old. That man looks like he's 35. He is 22. Yes, he looks like he's 35 with two divorces. and Yeah. He looks days. like he's been through some shit. He is 22 <laughs> years old. But, well, for the amount of times we've ripped on him, he has been through <laughs> some shit. But, he looks like an aircraft uh, carrier like you like you described. Ne- 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 next week, because we're running out of time this week, next week we are going to add in a segment called Steve's Corner of Shame, and I'll just leave it at that. It is Buffalo Sabres related, but tune in to our next episode to check that out. But with that, I think we're going to roll into closing time, right, Luke? Yeah, we're going to roll into some closing time. Uh, it's been a good one. We'll keep an eye out as to how these playoff rankings play out as we get into the last couple of games of the season. But with that, we are going to closing time. With that, though, we're going to jump into some, jump into some closing time. So, Steve, what you got for us for closing time? Yeah, so as we mentioned before, uh, we were all at the Sabres game for Josh's birthday, had a great time. Same with RJ Knight, but I'll let you guys expound on that. I just got something quick. So the NHL just announced that there are going to be some games overseas. It looks like the Sharks and Preds are going to open next year's regular season in Prague, Czech Republic on October 7th and 8th while the Colorado Avalanche and Columbus Blue Jackets are going to play in Tempier, Finland on November 5th, 4th, and 5th. So we got some overseas games. I think they're the first since the uh, series with Tampa and Buffalo in Sweden. 
you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's the first time since then because right. those games were in 2019. And as we all know, oh something God. kind of happened that limited travel since then. So I would assume this is, these are the first overseas games for the NHL since. Time Hopefully there's not, not a concussion real. this time. Or time a broken knee. Not, time is not real. Yeah, that was three Time years is ago. An illusion. It feels like yesterday I was sitting in my living room at my house in Fredonia watching that game and watching Vladimir Saboka get <laughs> absolutely torqued by Nikita Kucherov and be done for the season. That Let's not sad. forget Eric Chernak bodying Darlene for no reason whatsoever. Yeah, not even bottom. Hitting him in the head. That's yeah. A guy, that's a guy I wouldn't want to play come playoff time. Ooh. Yeah. Well, you might be, depending on how <laughs> those standings play out. But with yeah. that, don't remind me. We're going to continue up this closing time here on the Pro Sport Pod. Yeah, me. Take it away. <laughs> uh, do I have to? No. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Steve uh, completely took what I was going to say uh, that Josh showed me over the screen and that Steve stopped the show for. That was what I was supposed to say. So now I'm a little lost. But um, yeah, the the game we went to last week was pretty cool. Uh, we got to reunite and unite in person with uh, two former Frozen Four guests in Marty Biron and Rob Ray. So that was a good time talking to those guys. Um, uh, Rob Ray didn't call me a loser to my face, though. So, Rob, I expected better. Um, You weren't wearing your Leafs jersey. I know. I should have. I still got the tattoo. That'll be on me forever. But, uh, um, no, Marty was super cool, down to earth. We talked to him more than Rob. I don't think we really expected to see him. But um, Marty just... Again, super chill, down to earth, super nice guy. Took a picture with us and everything. And um, yeah, just overall really cool experience and good to celebrate Josh's birthday in a fun way. But um, yeah, besides that, I am absolutely dreading playoffs. Uh, I am scared, as always, as every fan should be for their playoff runs. But because anything can happen, but I mean... They've locked it in. They're probably going to probably either play Tampa or Boston at this point. And the next couple of days really will shake that all out. So, well, who would you rather face is the real mm-hmm. question. Okay. Since I would Jeremy... say face Boston because mm-hmm. they're since they look bad. I mean, Swayman looks, eh, but. Jeremy Jacobs, their owner, is in the pocket of the NHL. Um, he has Gary Bettman by the balls. And there's like him and three other owners, dinosaurs, who have been here in the league's management forever, who secretly puppet the league. And Jeremy Jacobs is one of them. That's why I was so pissed all those years about Boston getting calls in the playoffs. And, you know, Nazem Kadri getting suspended for the whole rest of a series over – a nothing play really and there's a whole bunch of other things but because of that shenanigans i think i would rather play tampa um 
for the story, I would love for oh, them you would to love go for it to be Boston, Boston and then the beat Boston round tale, one. Yeah. Yeah. Just beat Boston, then just run through Boston to the cup final. But I you... think I want Tampa purely because they match up a little better. Tampa, similar type of game. They can play fast. They can play speed and skill, but they can also play physical. I mean, Mitch Marner's leading the team in hits in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, Austin Matthews isn't afraid to lay the body. He's been he's been hitting. Lately. I'd expect Austin to have more hits than Marner. Marner's a little baby. Like he, he's I mean, small. they're not like he's not blowing guys up, but he's knocking. He's separating puck from body. That's all you got to do. Hmm. Um, it's just this team is different to me, and I think they match up better against a Tampa in round one. Later rounds, I mean, I just want them to get out of round one. I'm not even looking past round one right now, nor should any team really, because, I mean, we're, we're Bills and Sabres fans. We know anything can change. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping for Tampa. Maybe okay. that'll bite me. Yeah, say so even with Vasilevsky and, uh, and Cooch and Stammer and all of them. Yeah, I mean – it's obviously it's going to be a close series. I'm my hope is that their playoff meter is running out, that they're getting a little burnout from going to back-to-back cup finals and just a grueling season. But I also think the Leafs might be more skilled up front and their defense low key lately has been really stepping up when they have the optimal lineup a lineup that has Riley, Brody, Giordano, Labushkin, Sandin, and or Muzzin, and um, and Liljegren. I mean, and, and Justin Hall, who's been sitting lately. All, they've been doing this rotation lately. I think that defensive lineup is closer to Tampa's than we expect. Obviously, Hedman is the X factor, but yeah, uh, I think. But with bringing Giordano and Riley, you have better. Yeah, I think I think it's matchups. evened out a little more. Obviously, the edge is goaltending for Tampa, but I think you know we've seen lately too. I mean, the Leafs iced a fourth line the other night of Clifford, Simmons, and Spezza. Those guys are all six two and two forty higher, really. I mean, except for Simmons. Simmons is a string bean, but he's no hes no slouch. He'll hit anyone. He'll fight anyone. And I think they can match the intensity of Tampa's fourth line with Maroon and, and Perry. Um, oh, definitely. They're probably going to fight tonight, honestly. If you're watching – if you're going to watch a game, make sure you're watching Tampa-Toronto at 8 p.m. tonight in Tampa. So, I mean, this really is a playoff preview. Yeah, so pretty it's much. Gonna be a pl- it's going to be a playoff game. It's going to be heavy. It's going to be fast. And the whistles are probably going to be put away. So if you want to watch a playoff game before the playoffs, this is the game. Definitely. But I'll say that's it for my closing time. Go Leafs go. Yep. With that, Josh, what you got for us? So Stacks, you know, dream scenario for playoff routes kind of got me thinking but first i have a real quick thing from our guys the nhl news updates on facebook apparently justin bieber is interested in buying the ottawa senators from the melnick sisters because they are now owners of the team after the owner eugene melnick passed away so 
they obviously have to agree to selling, but he wants to be the full owner of the team, which is interesting because one, he's from Toronto and two, it's the Ottawa Senators and Justin Bieber buying them would be absolutely hilarious. He's from Toronto and is good friends with some of the Toronto players. Right. That would be, that would be hilarious if he bought them. So we'll have to see if that happens over the summer. I don't think it's going to happen until the summer. Um, But what I did think up with the whole dream route in the playoff scenario was the Sabres dream route. So, I'm torn on the second route, but here is my dream route scenario for the Sabres to win the Stanley Cup, as in to to close all the grudges. One, Vegas doesn't make the playoffs. Two, the Sabres beat the Flyers in the first round because that was the last playoff series they had in 2011. I'm torn between Boston or Toronto in the second round. Part of me wants Toronto just because of the rivalry. Part of me wants Boston to say, fuck you for Lucic. The conference final is Carolina. I mean, I, I you could also say Ottawa for that second round. That's true. Just, just as a second time in a row, just like, yeah, yeah let's just win. Any of those. You guys three. don't want to go through Toronto? <laughs> Carolina. I mean, honestly, and- I would because I think the Sabres would would win that yeah i mean yeah, you're if, right. they, if they play like how they've been playing them this year so yeah. anyway carolina in the eastern conference because of 06 and to you're wrap say, it up you're say the dallas. cherry on top you're gonna because, say dallas because this would totally happen dallas in the stanley cup final i want that so bad i hate dallas still to this day even though i don't remember the game i was alive for it i was there i was watching i wasn't there but you know what i mean i was alive on this world in my house watching it but that is my dream sabers scenario maybe we can go in more in depth in this in the off season because i think it'd be kind of fun but that's it for me for closing time i am on cloud nine with how this team has been lately if tage thompson can score 40 goals and score his 40th on the night that rick ends his tenure as the sabers play-by-play announcer holy shit i will just I like I said before, I'm ready to be heard again, and this team is going to be very good for many years to come. Maybe not next year. I think next year is going to be close, but it's coming. It's coming, and it's going to be real fun to have the meaningful games in March and fun games against Toronto again, fun games against Boston. Like, it's going to be great. I'm really excited. That's it for me. I'm, I'm definitely excited for what the Sabres team can be, and I'm not going to win now, but I think that we have potential to make the playoffs next year, if given a better goaltender. But that's besides the point, and for future talks, with that, all I really got is um, I'm sick of being away. I have been nonstop back and forth, Army school back, drill, Army school coming up, drill once I get back. It's been nonstop, and my house is a low-key mess right now, and I feel bad for my girlfriend, but here we are. I signed up for this, so that's besides the point. There is some hockey on tonight. Go check it out. Sabres take on the Devils, as Zach said, the Leafs take on the Lightning tonight as well, and there's plenty of games you don't want to miss and if you are a uh, you know big fan of you know the draft and whatnot and who gets what draft picks 
watch the Vegas games to see if they lose, because if they lose, Sabres get better draft picks. Speaking of draft picks, the draft lottery is, I believe, June 10th or May 10th. One of the May 10th, I think. May 10th. I believe, yeah. I believe May 10th, yes. So the lottery is coming up for that. It'll be, what, like a week into the playoffs they'll have it about. Yeah, that's about when they usually have it. So keep an eye out for that. Playoffs do start in about two weeks from today, basically, because 29th is the last game of the season. So keep watching hockey. Be safe, be smart, and go Bills. Tell me, what can I find a woman?